us, Andronicus. Nevertheless, we're moving into our first story of the second hour. And this is a story that one of our listeners, and I'm with you on this, says, Samkelo says, I am awaiting the conversation about MA to PhD. And I have to say, Samkelo, so am I. So here's the thing. For anybody who is grinding their way through their masters or anybody who has ground their way through their PhD, you will know that the PhD is just on another level. The first is terrible. The second is even, not terrible, but is even more challenging. And I suppose the question we have to ask is, how does one get from the first to the second without having to actually go from the first to the second? So a University of Pretoria student submitted his master's thesis and boom, he got a PhD instead of his master's. He became a doctor immediately. On the line with us is senior lecturer at the University of Pretoria, Dr. Tando Indarana, to talk to us about how student Michael Barnes's dissertation, master's thesis, was converted into a PhD. Dr. Indarana, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning, Michelle, and good morning to your to your listeners, and thank you for the invitation. Oh. Let me tell you, I, I'm, I'm in the throes of delivering uh, an MPhil, and I know how hard that work is. And I'm trying to figure out how one went from masters. How is it possible? Because surely even the size is different of the deliverable. How did this happen? Okay, so th- thanks for the opportunity to come on air to, to talk about Michael's story, which obviously is a is a fascinating and, and, and interesting story and, uh, and an inspiring one, uh, I, I would like to add. Um, so obviously I can't talk about um, uh, processes of, 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 of upgrading in general. I would rather talk uh, to uh, what happened with Michael yeah. and maybe that can be used as an example, you know, um, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, to, for, for, for discussion. Um, I first met Michael, I think, in 20, uh, 2015 or so. He was my honor student in, in, in a module called Dynamic Meteorology, which is a, 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 a quite a, a difficult module, so people say, because of its heavy mathematical content. Um, and, and he averaged uh, over 90%. Uh, it, it should be over 95%, if I remember correctly, but definitely over 90%. I'm saying, I'm mentioning this yeah. so that you can see what kind of young man Michael is. Uh, he's, a, he's a very hardworking uh, young man and, and quite bright, you know. Yeah. So he, he then uh, registered for his master's, uh, in, in, in 2018, um, the, the topic that he was thinking about uh, for his master's was to look at, at cut-off low pressure systems. Uh, I, I know this is a technical term, perhaps to quickly explain uh, without spending too much time yeah. on this, but, you know, you might remember um, a, a rainfall event that occurred in Deben in 2019 that caused a lot of damage and loss of life. Uh, you might remember that event. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That event was called was caused by a cut-off low pressure system, 
which is basically a closed circulation that occur at upper levels in the atmosphere. So, so, so basically for his masters, we were thinking that uh, this is a good topic to think about uh, because of, of its obvious importance. Uh, we need to understand these systems. And so uh, the one thing that we realized uh, in the research uh, is that um, uh, their extension to the surface was, has, has never really been looked at. Uh, in in the southern hemisphere and and in South Africa as well as in the southern hemisphere in general. So what then Michael did was to first look at a case study uh, of, of 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 a cut of flow and and published that uh, that case study. The, the the novel thing about that case study was the ana- analysis approach uh, in in trying to understand. Uh, what what happened uh, in in that particular case, and 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 he used uh, uh, his knowledge of, of 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 dynamics of atmospheric dynamics to understand um, uh, how 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 that weather system worked, and and he published that. So, Doctor Ndarana. Essentially, we know that, okay, so he worked as a full-time meteorologist or he works as a full-time meteorologist at the SA Weather Service. Yes. And um, what's kind of like extraordinary about it is that when he was putting it together, did you at no point say this is is PhD stuff or did you just think, wow, this is just really impressive and let's just see what happens? Look, at, at the beginning, it was obviously uh, conceived as a as, as a master's dissertation. Yeah. We, he registered the master's yeah. dissertation. Yeah. So so by publishing uh, the, the first case study that I was t- telling you about, yeah. and and also uh, developing a, a a more general study of these systems and 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 producing a hemispheric climatology. Of how these systems extend to the surface, and and then submitting a master's uh, a dissertation with a paper that's already published, and another one that is at at, at advanced stages of of assessment. Um, uh, you know, the the uh, one the external examiner who is at the University of of Oxford uh, found that um, he has done more than. Uh, the average uh, yeah. MSc, uh, because in fact there is even there is even a third paper that was in preparation at the time that he submitted his dissertation for examination. So, so this external examiner then proposed that the University of Pretoria considers this upgrade, and and as as uh, we're obviously excited about this. Um, uh, together with the co-supervisor Professor Landman um, and 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 the HOD, and and we put together a a a a motivation for 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 this to take place, and and it went through the the internal processes then of approval, and there was some additional work, but not a hell of a lot, but some additional work such as. Uh, the submission of the third paper. 
So what was the requirement was that, okay, fine, there is one paper that has been published in a high-impact journal. The second one needs to be, uh, needs to be accepted, uh, which it was, in another high-impact high journal. And the third paper needed to be submitted, uh, which is currently under review, and we hope that it will be accepted as well um uh, yeah. uh, for for all of these to uh, to 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 work and, and and so it was approved all the way up to the uh, to the senate so Indirana, so, how often does this happen look i'm i'm i mean i've only been in one senate meeting just attending it as 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 a university employee where i heard of a of a masters being uh, being upgraded but you know, Michael's case is is unique in the sense that, uh, in 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 cases, and I think it happens with other universities. I'm not sure, but I think it does. It's amazing. Um, We're going to have to leave it there. It's an extraordinary story, uh, and some Kelo, I see that you are completely intrigued by it as well. So am I. I think the opportunity to go from masters all the way up to PhD in only one foul swoop is absolutely extraordinary. Michael Barnes, his dissertation was converted into a PhD. We want to congratulate him and congratulate the University of Pretoria as well as the SA Weather Service. I think between all of them, they've uh, pulled together something really, really extraordinary. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. We're going in to guess the destination. It's been a slightly difficult one for sure and slightly different as well. And uh, here is Zai with the clue. Surrounded by these what copies on the banks of the Crocodile River, just over half an hour from Johannesburg, rest this village. Surrounded by Zwart copies on the banks of the Crocodile River, just over half an hour from Johannesburg and Pretoria, Botswana, rests this village now the village is, is is not exactly a village it is we're looking at milders drift and on the line is trevor dolivera who is the owner of a community called avianto trevor thank you so much for joining us good morning michelle thank you for having me so trevor Welcome what do we the... find in avianto well Aviento started almost 24 years ago now as um, a wedding venue my brother and myself in business and we decided to build a wedding venue um, as opposed to going out and renting one. And we went our separate ways, and I've been running Avianto ever since that. And we just, um, our focus has always been on stylish, not pretentious, offering as absolute much as we can in, in the hospitality realm where it's all just about service, which I have to tell you hasn't been easy through this COVID period. I'm just so glad that we're on the end of that. Yeah. And Avianto still today remains as one of the most sought after wedding venues out in Kaltang. We also have a huge combination of leisure now, which is the quickest to recover post-COVID. We found, you know, once we came out of the first lockdown, we were swarmed with people and their dogs looking for places to get out. It was amazing to escape the lockdown, wasn't it? And Avianta overnight became a, a, a destination for people to just get out into some sort of beauty. So we've still got the sort of more casual side now on the one side of the Crocodile River where the estate is, where the public is welcome to come and walk their dogs, um, enjoy our clubhouse. We've got tennis courts and squash courts, and we do picnics, family picnics on that side. But the hotel side, we keep more sort of um, exclusive, and that's more for the romantic picnics. We do beautiful romantic picnic packages. We do sort of movie outdoor movie evenings with accommodation, and uh, we do jazz evenings with accommodation. 
So, yeah, it's, it's kind of now we're rebuilding the business around very much more the, the leisure market than before. But Trevor, we still are predominantly conferencing on the weekend, weddings on the weekend. Let's, let, let's talk about uh, having to rebuild uh, during a time like COVID. We've gone to lockdown one. You obviously have had to shift your strategic plans completely, uh, given that only now is uh, the, are we going to be able to see international tourists coming, well, probably a bit more than usual, to South Africa, but also uh, Joburgers and people in the province will start getting out and about again. Talk to us about how you made that shift. Well, first I just want to say to our poor brides, it's been absolutely horrendous. And you can understand, we had a bride where one, the one sort of minute she's having 100 guests, and then that night um, Cyril says, from tonight, it's now 50 guests, and she has to decide which 50 she's going to sort of turn off. It's just such a crazy concept. So Bride has been very reluctant to book at the moment now for, for sort of near times, um, on the basis that they just don't know how many people are going to have at their wedding. So yeah. even though June was, uh, things started picking up in June. June was actually our best-selling month for a very long time in that that the people coming through for bookings to get out and celebrate were enormous, but it's all for longer out. So it's very exciting now that um, people are starting to feel that with the vaccine, with the potential of a passport and that, we are not going to be restricted to numbers. The bride will obviously have to say their their guests need to be vaccinated, and they can actually book with peace of mind, knowing that when their date comes around, they are then going to be able to have that dream wedding that they've been carrying on about, that you know, yeah. they've been dreaming about. On the conferencing side, the big corporations and banks and everybody just took a moratorium that they're not going to take a risk. Yeah. Conferencing just dried up. The smaller independent businesses carried on conferencing a little bit. But, you know, the, the, the bigger companies just said it's not going to happen. Well, isn't and that understandable? I mean, it's, it's totally it's, understandable. You know, they, they, they're they're not going to take risk because... You know they can't be put into a position where they are taking risks. No, absolutely. Stuff. So I'm not I'm not holding yeah. against anybody. I'm just saying it's been very challenging. And you know we we as the hospitality sector had absolutely zero relief. The staff were paid out um, tours, so we processed like 4.9 million rand for our staff just in payments. But the crazy thing is, you know, we still had to incur costs to do that for them, and and we as as an industry received zero support. Mm. So. You know, people say it's been hard times for everybody, but the tourism industry is really, it's, you know, one day you, you're allowed to do a little bit, and then the next day it's just, sorry, you've got to close your doors again. And the staff, is, it's, it's staff retention has been incredibly difficult. But now with confidence, we can start rebuilding. And, you know, we might have a slight little bit of a, a dip in, in if we have a fourth wave, but we really are optimistic as to now we at the end of this and we're heading into, into a, good stretch ahead of us. People want to get out. People want that social interaction. They want to celebrate again. And I just think it's exciting for everybody in the industry what's ahead of us. Well, we look forward to certainly seeing some exciting things take place. Trevor, it sounds like you're doing interesting things. If people want to get hold of Avianto, how do they do that? Well, probably the simple is just Google Maps, but um, our webpage is simply avianto.co.ca. And should I give a telephone number? If you're welcome to, yeah. It's just 011-668-3000. Okay, there we have it. 011-668-3000. And why not take the day out, do a day's drive, get out into the sun. It really is a gorgeous day today, I have to say. Take a trip to Mildestrift. They are surrounded by Swat Corpies on the banks of the Crocodile River, just over half an hour out of Joburg and also Tswane, Pretoria. That was Trevor Dolivera, the owner of Avianto.
So Bro G in Kwampondo says, Blessed full new day, Fifi and the Tanda team. Hope you're all having a ball keeping us 